Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Gosses podcast. I'm Monique Holm. And on this show, I interview amazing, badass women investors, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am super excited to have with me today, Angelique Sharp, who I met on Clubhouse. We were in a in yes. a room talking about real estate. It was like a real estate investing for women room. And everyone was being invited to talk about all the different ways in which they were investing. And Angelique started sharing about what she was doing. And I reached out to her after, I need to have you on this podcast because what you're doing is so cool. She's the comprehensive economic development specialist currently serving as director of the city of Milwaukee Business Improvement District number 19, also known as the Villard Avenue BID. She is responsible for the management and oversight of a historic retail corridor comprising over 230 commercial parcels on the north side of Milwaukee has experienced decades of public and private disinvestment. And some of her projects typically include public way planning, street beautification, public safety and maintenance, district marketing, commercial business retention, attraction, and other economic development initiatives. So she's working on the policy side and the government side, but also she's an investor herself. And I'm super excited to have this conversation with her. Welcome, Angelique. Thank you, Monique. It's uh, great um, crossing paths with you again in person, um, not just a voice. So this is amazing. Uh, great energy. Wonderful holiday weekend. All this to melanin and ambition. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. So uh, I always like to start with your own story. So tell us, how did you get started in real estate investing? Thank you. So how I got started in real estate investment, I have basically, I have been working in our community for over 20 years. And most of the bulk of my work have been in community services, community development, and youth development, youth and family services. And basically, there came a point where I have been working with nonprofits for a long time, and I decided that I wanted to venture out into entrepreneurship and invest in our young people. So I, um, you know, having a bachelor's and a master's degree in cultural foundations of community engagement and education with a, um, with my undergrad focus in, in child and youth work, I opened up a child care center, a family child care center out of my home to really care for children whose families uh, really aren't into like the larger group. They wanted more one-on-one uh, -on -one attention, registered nurses, things like that. So um, I did that, enjoyed that for seven years, and I happened to decide to venture out to look for a building to grow my business. And I found a beautiful mixed-use building on a key corner in a neighborhood here, and I fell in love with the building. I didn't know anything about real estate. I literally, it's actually laughable now about it, but I purchased the building from a guy that was in pre-foreclosure. So I think he was pretty much just trying to sell the building. And I just thought it looked great. 
And so, you know, that's probably one of the red flags. You don't want to ever just purchase a building because of how it looks. (laughs) Ever, (laughs) ever. So, no, I didn't have a realtor. I had my mother uh, had invested with me and I purchased this building that the, the city had for it was assessed at the time for 160,000 and I got it for 70k but wow. it had a lot of I had a lot more wrong with it than I thought was right so the building was extremely blighted it had uh, water coming in from the roof through the first floor down to the lower level all the windows were busted out so it was boarded up so I didn't know that all the windows were bursted out the plumbing had been you know, cutting the electrical was cut and damaged. It was really in bad shape. So I didn't, and I wouldn't, again, that that probably would be the mistake of a lifetime. Um, <laughs> as far as like a, a real estate, I don't think any professional would tell you to purchase something because of how it looks. So that's definitely my disclaimer for anybody out here in the game. That's kind of eyeballing things like, Hey, that looks pretty good. But um, so Basically, when I purchased this building, that pretty much opened up that can of worms for me. So I literally thought that I could pack up my child care belongings out of my home, put them in a storage pot, drop the pot off at the building and get the lights cut on and set up shop. But it didn't happen like that. So anybody that knows that uh, residential is a completely different beast than commercial. So I had to go through, the building was not zoned for what I wanted to be zoned for. I had to get buy-in from the community, from the auditor person. It was just, I had to get it surveyed. I had to get, you know, plumbing and electrical done, work done and inspections. It was just all of these things that developers go through when they purchase a building that they're rehabbing or whatever the case may be. And I actually fell in love with fixing up this vacant blighted building, I, it just woke up a skill set that I had didn't even know I had. So I'm coordinating contractors, the age of my father, to fix this building without any experience. So, you know, and I think that was just a transfer of leadership skills and coordinating different things. And within that, I was, this was the position that I'm in became available for in my ED. She taps me, I guess she had you know, been inquiring about what I was doing. And she told me about this position. I was like, that sounds interesting. After 20 years in, you know, one lane, I kind of wanted to, you know, just switch things and try something else. And I found out that I was really good at it. And it really allowed me to take my advocacy skills for our community to the, I mean, really the, the uh, highest level that you can probably bring it from a community standpoint. I think that the next level would literally be a politician. And we work with the, the mayor's office to really get things in place. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And probably, yes, there were, like you were saying, a lot of mistakes made, but if you hadn't yes. have made them, then you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't be where you are today. But there were definitely some mistakes. So what, <laughs> what would you have done differently if you had to do it again? <laughs> For those listening, because I can rattle off yeah. a few that I would do differently than you. Well, what would you what would you do differently? There's a, definitely a lot that I would have done differently, but then there's a part of me that appreciate every part of this experience because when you're now with me being a business improvement district director, 
I'm currently managing a corridor, like like you said, there's 230 parcels. Some of them are, are parcels of land that are owned by companies or individuals. Then there are also large corporations, billion dollar corporations. There's, you know, a lot of small mom and pop shops. So you have such a mix, you know, and so one thing I come to the table with is the understanding of what they're dealing with. You know, I, I literally have experienced everything a building owner could have experienced in that amount in three years. You know, I was supposed to have expanded my business, but it actually ended up being a fix and flip in totality. So I did sell the building this uh, November 16th of 2020 for 145000 So I was happy about just learning like that. <laughs> but, yeah. but it was, I would say the most difficult part was for one, always have, you know, I think it's great to have a realtor or some type of a team of different inspectors and all the things that you need to really give you the whole, put the whole story in front of you so you can really make an informed decision. I did not make an informed decision. I made a a decision from the heart. And I think because my heart was in the right place, you know, I was like the universe, you know, came together to support me to jump, be able to jump over and move over all of every obstacle or hurdle that was uh, formed against me. Yeah. Um, so not necessarily intentional, but those are just the, the, you know, those are the things that have to happen. You have to have plumbing inspections and building inspections and, you know, electrical inspections. And I see how important those things were, you know, yeah. um, you know, I, I made mistakes. I was a person who didn't know anything. So I had people in my ear who didn't have experience either that had just kind of they didn't have my experience, but they had an experience. So I had people that were saying, oh, go get this fixed. You don't have to worry about an inspection later. And then when the inspector showed up, they were like, yeah, I'm going to have to tear that apart and scratch. <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants that to happen, but it was but it was out of love because I had a great inspectors that talked to me and educated me through this process. And they explained to me, hey, you said that you wanted to, you know, open up your child care center here. Why would you have someone install less than plumbing or less than electrical when you have human, little human bodies, you know, that could be affected by your, you know, lack of care, you know, in your electrical or your plumbing. And that really opened my eyes like, yeah, I'm going to do this the 100% the right way. Please guide me, educate me, show me how to do this the right way. And so those are some things that I definitely want to share with our community, too, because, you know, we might not. I know that it's not about might not, but we had a we didn't get the we we're behind as far as like getting a jump start into real estate. There was a point in time where we couldn't even purchase or we couldn't purchase or land without the slave owner. And so I think in general, our culture is already behind in some aspects. And I think just, you know, the word of mouth, some things that have been said aren't entirely accurate. So we want to make sure that the things that we're taught are also met with what are the standards of the industry, you know, what are the rules and regulations of the industry, and then let's match that together and then move forward. So yeah, I hope that sort of attempted to answer your question, but I wanted to kind of just really be clear about what I did and, and how it affected me and how it how it changed my trajectory as far as real estate and investing and uh, developing. So good. There was one point I think <laughs> I want to underscore 
it is important. Like we need a team, and it is important to get advice. But it's it's like who are you getting advice from, right? Like it's not you want to get advice from people who really know what they're doing and are knowledgeable. Because there are a lot of people that will give you advice, but if they they don't know what they're doing, it's not very worthwhile. Or it could you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not necessarily the most valuable advice, right? It could steer you in the wrong direction. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we talk to people like you, you know, um, experienced people, experts, people who are, you know, seasoned professionals. I always look to that no matter what. I mean, it's just like a journeyman. You know, it's very, you know, the understudy for, you know, for the master, if it be a, be a journeyman, electrician or a journeyman, a plumber, you know, then you have the master plumbers and the master electricians, the ones who can actually pull the permits to get things done. I've learned a lot through this process and it really opened my eyes and I'm a student myself. So I'm, while I'm learning, I'm also being mentored. So it's definitely kind of a, a interdependent human professional relationship as well. Yeah, definitely. We need others to bring us, bring us along on this journey. Yes. And, and I, I want to talk with you a little bit about what you're doing in Milwaukee, because I love, you know, and with this business improvement district, we were talking a little bit before we we started recording about you know it's like what does it mean to gentrify a place or you know improve a community while having the community rise with it right so i think a lot yeah. of areas places like the neighborhood gets gentrified it gets it's nicer but then the people that live there get left behind or they get kicked they get they yeah. get displaced yeah. and so I, what really intrigued me about what you're doing is how can you because we want places to be improved, right? So I'm like, I'm yes. not anti-gentrification. I want, I want nicer, like, I want shops and restaurants and higher property values and nicer places and no and less crime and all of the things. And like, how can we do that while we bring the community up with it, right? So that Absolutely. like they get, and they get to share in the wealth and they get to own. So how, what are some of the things that you're doing to promote that kind of growth? Absolutely. You hit the nail uh, right on the head. Nobody can argue with the fact that we want to and we need to revitalize. No one can argue about that. The, the issue is when things are improved, there are, you know, it might be families that work their whole lives that are now retired on fixed incomes. So how does the development and the revitalization affect them? What things are in place to support them or you know, what happens with the people who can only afford a, a certain, you know, income level, especially with us having, you know, uh, minimum wages aren't, you know, equitable or standard everywhere. You might have some, you know, entities that said, okay, well, everything has to at least be $15 an hour. Well, the national minimum wage is not $15 an hour. So think about those things. And so that's why you have, you know, affordable housing, you have these low income tax credits and all these different things. So for me, I am trying to revitalize the community, but what we specialize in um, community vision design. So we want our all of our stakeholders, we want the residents, we want the, the existing businesses. Not just we're not building just for new businesses to come in. What about the people that have endured? that have yeah. been here that already have put 20 years in an investment or, you know, they're solid and it, you know, now you're, you know, you're concrete and, you know, to try to pack up and move, you know, I mean, it's yeah, 
economic hardships on people. So we'll try to do is, you know, include our community and visioning. So we want them to be at the table. We want their voices to be heard and we want to include, create strategies that include the community because what happens in turn is that when we, when we create a strategic plan and we push that plan forward, we're pushing the community's plan. So you don't generally get the same kind of pushback because you're pushing the community's plan. I'm not pushing my own plan. I don't even, the, the district that I'm revitalizing is not the district that I've been a homeowner in. That's not the business improvement district that my home is in. But Milwaukee is my home. As a city, you know, we all pay taxes here, so we all should be able to move and groove throughout the city and patronize and, and experience all of our city. So I see my city as, you know, all of it's mine. You know, all of it's ours. Like, it's not just one area. So, you know, the community visioning design is extremely important. But, for example, some of the things that we do is, like, when I'm, for example, working on economic vitality in the sense that I'm trying to bring in businesses or I'm trying to get the existing businesses to scale up, I offer facade grants, um, safety and security grants, landscaping grants, things like that to get. So as our building, so if I marry a parcel parcel of land with a developer, so I know something brand new is going to be in the district and that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a driver to probably raise the taxes. So how can we get our businesses to raise the level of what they're doing as well, you know, to so we all can be uniform. So I don't want someone to come in brand new and then you're, you know, as everything is building, you're starting to look lower because you kind of stayed at this point and you hadn't been. So it's about building the capacity of them, too, because every person who owns a business is not an entrepreneur by choice. Some people might have inherited the business. They might have they might have inherited and didn't even want to run it, <laughs> you know, yeah. but they don't want to let it go. So how do you still work with them? You know, and I'm at the table always trying to, you know, just educate them and, and show them what you can do. If you really don't want to be there. Guess what? You don't have to be involved with it. You can actually be a business owner who owns the building, who leases out the space to a good, yeah. uh, you know, get you a good solid business that will pay you know, pay their lease that would, you know, keep everything, you know, uh, pristine and, and you don't have to, you know, worry about revolving door in your business if you, you know, so that's the whole, how do you attract, you know, uh, recruit and retain good, you know, business owners to even be a leasee for yourself. Because then, because we have people that hold properties, not because they're a real estate uh, investor who's just holding property, because some people do that. They're holding it because they're not sure if, you know, someone will come in and start doing after hours uh, dog fighting or something in their space. And now they're being ousted out of the community. I mean, those are some things that actually happened in our community before, you know, where the owners are living out of town and then they leased it out to someone and that person kind of took over and started to run the business down. So these are the things that we're just using that as an example of, of how we try to get them to be here, you know, scale up, let's get you some grants, let's, let's landscape, and let's get some signs, let's, you know, get your curb appeal together, let's get you matched with some city grants where you can get some things done, some work done on in the inside, so then we can kind of 
just again get people to scale up as the business district is moving up because that's just the easiest way is all these new things are popping up and the people who are kind of just here that mind have always just been here and been steady for a while they kind of get left behind because everybody's like oh what's what's the new thing that's here so that's how we're fighting gentrification i'm trying to keep you here you know now the issue is that I can even walk away with a good conscience is, you know, if you just like, I, nah, I'm just not going to put anything in. I don't want to do anything. Now, those people, we just have to let nature run its course. You know, I wish no ill will for a person that just decide, like, I'm, I'm just not going to do anything else. But there's going to be consequence, <laughs> you know for our choices uh, or our actions or inactions. And so I would rather it be that way than to just let everybody stay the way they are and not just worry about bringing in new things all the time. And then all this new development and then then everything almost is, you know, almost just irrelevant, almost, you know, because everybody's looking for the new thing. So I'm always trying to keep us moving forward together like you said instead of focusing on let's just revitalize when you revitalize you're not just revitalizing the new things you should be revitalizing everything so i'm not just looking at the storefronts i'm looking at okay i'm not going to just advocate for you know curb bump outs and bike lanes and public art for new things that are coming in i want to do that for the existing business as well to continue getting you know, traction and, uh, you know, and just having an attractive street presence for when people drive through it, things look great. They want to stop and check things out. So I'm not just doing one thing at one time. We're, We're doing events, activating the street. If you get people to the street, they'll start looking around and seeing what's going on. So there's a lot of moving parts, but it's definitely worth it in the end because I feel like we'll be greater together instead of, again, focusing on one part. I feel like our community already has suffered, suffered. We've been at basically, you know, as a city every year, we pay our taxes at the end of the year. And then it goes to the city and then the city decides, you know, what's going to happen, you know, where and where it's going to happen. And for me, where I come in is that I'm the advocate that, okay, we paid our taxes. What are you going to do over here? You know, and that's my job. You know, if there's no one to do that, then you're pretty much at the, the whatever your mis- municipality or whatever your city, whatever they're planning uh, have, whatever their projects are. So, and that's what ha- what's been happening to us is that our, you know, we've been building up our downtown. It's amazing. The books out here, you know, the brewers, you know, we have all this amazing, all these amazing things happening on our lakefront and our downtown. And then, you know, the predominantly black areas have been still being taxed every year, but then poor infrastructure, you know, no priority on investments. And that's where advocacy comes in. And that's, that's my job. Love it. So if there's a a woman who wants to start investing, maybe they want to do a commercial or mixed use, they want to purchase in that area, what advice would you have for her? So she's just starting. Yeah. Yes, I definitely encourage encourage women. And definitely in development, it's definitely male dominated. But I'm seeing women rise. It's amazing. But basically, you know, include your, do some community visioning. You know, get within a community development 
corporation, get with an economic, an economic development corporation, get with a resident association or a commercial district or business association, try to find like a larger advocacy group. And, you know, I would even say create a plan first, talk to the people, find out what their needs are over there. What are they looking for? Where are their problems? And try to build your, you know, whatever your development or investment, whatever it is that you want to do, center it around what the community wants. Because you want everybody to patronize and come and sign up for a lease and be a part of whatever it is that you do. If, you know, in our hearts, we might want to do something somewhere, but there are people, there are businesses that are there. They'll tell you what they want and need. So we can't come in wanting to see our vision in other people's neighborhood without their input, you know? So I would say, let the the community tell you what they need. And then just say, if you wanted to do, like you said, if you want to do a mixed use development, that's fine. But find out what kind, what would be the best mixed use development for this neighborhood, you know? And then that's how you get the, you know, whatever, build your plan, hash it out, present it, you know, show some pictures, show some things, ask people, you know, even when they're, you know, the community, they don't have a developer mind or investor mind. So they might not know the terminology. Then you know what you do? You give them image preference surveys, give them pictures, show them pictures of different types of planters or different types of public art or different types of, you know, uh, green infrastructure that you can, you know, incorporate in development. Give them pictures and let them put stickers on the different pictures and then you can you can still create it you know if you're looking for metrics those are your metrics you can count those stickers you know and you can still say okay the community wants this they wanted that we're we're okay so we're going to incorporate this in our development so i mean you don't and you can do that with children you can show children you know 10 different types of trees and what those trees do and you can give them stickers and, and you can ask them which what type of trees do you want over here or what type of play equipment do you want here it's that simple you know and i know it seems when we're developers it might seem like okay i'm trying to build you know i i think that's minutia to try to you don't have to make it complicated you know bring things to their level and it, it doesn't have to be hard we do these things and if it's anything that i could share I think it would be that for me. Hey, Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. When you allow people to help decide, then they're very, then they're engaged and they want to, you know, they'll want to come back and patronize and because they'll feel part of your, the success yes. of, of your business. Absolutely. It's, that's, that's pride. You're building neighborhood pride right there and there. And that's what you want to give people something. And that's what I want to give people. I want people to know that our corridor is a rare jewel because I think we have um, we have over 70 percent walkability in our corridor, meaning, you know, you can walk from shop to shop to shop. The, we live in the days where, you know, people are still navigating the territory of where the mall model fell. Our malls right now are struggling like they're either dead 
or they're struggling trying to figure out how to keep that model going because you know things are so huge and so far apart people have to get in the car drive to one store shop there put that in the car get back in the car <laughs> drive to you know and people are looking to go in it's just more about efficiency too and accessibility so yeah i think that we, we definitely have something really unique that i try to show them but again it's just that interdependent relationship if you don't include the residents, it's the residents. They the one that they're the ones who have to get the lease. They're the ones who have to get the business lease. So how do you not include them? They're the, the ones that are going to keep us up and running. And so as a business corridor, I'm always talking to the businesses. Never get too ahead of yourself to where you think, okay, I'm just going to do this. Okay, well, if you don't include what the community wants, people might you can build up an inventory full of a store full of inventory and people might still walk past it to go somewhere else because you're not offering the needs and amenities that sustain the lives of the people that live around there. So it's definitely it's a marriage situation when it comes to that. So I kind of try to remind people of that. Great. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Everything, <laughs> every everything. I think one should share one thing. To yeah, one, make the biggest take, difference. I would reiterate. I would. I wish that I knew how important the people were at the beginning because they drive everything, even politically. These are the the otter women, the otter men, our our local politicians. These are their constituents. These are their voting base. So they're looking to cater to their voting base, and so to know how important the, the resident, the taxpayer is, that voter is, and how different ways on how you can empower them. Once you empower them and build their capacity, they can change the entire game. Not It's not the developers, it's the people. I mean, I've seen it before. I've seen developers come out, investors come out with all the heart and money in the world. When, th- when those residents are, when they are engaged, and they come out, that could be the yay or nay to what you're doing. It's not going to be just an order person's or a committee's decision. It's going to be, it's going to come down to those people. So if they show up, you want them to show up and support what it is that you're doing. So I wish that I had known before how important that was even way back when I was doing what I was doing, because I started all everything on before. And, and then found out, okay, you have to get community buy-in. So I was already, I had already purchased the building. I'd already, you know, started getting things done. So yes, it's, um, if I had known how much power in the people, I think that would take any investor such a longer way forward. Yeah. Community buy-in is really important, especially if you're trying to do anything new, get anything permitted, anything approved. But in any case, relationships are always, I think, so important with real estate. Absolutely. Whatever type of real estate you're doing, it's a relationship business. And it's, and it, you know, yeah, I like what you're saying because we think about, I often think about the relationship with my team members, with my, my tenants, with my, you know, the different people I partner with. But I don't necessarily always think about the relationship with the greater community, the community as a whole, though it is part of my mission. Our mission at Real Estate Investor Goss is to only invest where we can leave a property and a community better than we found it. Yes. But that like really thinking it's like, OK, this community buy in piece is really great. And that's that's the only thing that I try to bring 
to that's to me like I'm what I've noticed is like almost that missing jewel of a piece that would take an investor or you know a real estate developer to the next level is yeah. because they don't teach they don't always teach that they teach you how to do this or you know what how to crunch the numbers how to how to get the credits how to you know get how do you what's the word that I'm looking for how do you get control site control they teach you all of those things when you're developing or anything like that but they don't really talk about the greater community the community is bigger than that one development and that could be a problem yeah you know for an investor is that what if if you just focused on you know what your development and it has you know 30 units but then you have a town of a hundred thousand people you know that have a problem with that you know <laughs> so I definitely just kind of really thinking about this effect on the whole community how does the whole community receive what yeah. it is that you're doing you know and how are you making it a part of that and a lot of times it's really just about connecting with the greater community it, it's not it doesn't have to be a hardship on a developer when they tell you okay or an investor when they say okay you you want to provide senior housing but what kind of programs and amenities do you offer then you're thinking like okay that's out of my league i'm not a social service agent et cetera, et cetera. well you know what it's probably several organizations within that community that are serving that population. Like you said, Monique, let's build some relationships and figure out how we can see if what they're offering, maybe they can, you know, do some satellite work here. I don't have to hire a full-time staffer to provide those. Let's reach out from our community and let them do what they're already doing because they're probably already looking for someone or someplace to spread the work that they're doing. I love that. Well, before we get into our famed end of show trinity, which is our brag of gratitude and a desire, what is the best place or best way for people to connect with you to find out more about what you do? Yes, I would say social media, be it Facebook, website. So www.billardav.com. That's V-I-L-L-A-R-D-A-V-E.com. And you'll see like my website of pretty much all of the work that I do. But I also do consulting to be able to help people because a lot of people want me to support them in their projects when I'm off work. And so that's where Lady Ink Ventures comes in. And that's just L-A-D-Y-I-N-C Ventures. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So I love to help people really achieve whatever it is that they're doing, you know, in the community, be it entrepreneurship, development, all of those things. All right. Awesome. Now, time for our Trinity. So what is, uh, which is a brag, a gratitude and a desire. What is one thing you are celebrating now? What is your brag? So my brag is that last year, last June 2020, we made Milwaukee history being the city's first virtual charrette. So we did basically, we honed in on specific properties to reimagine and we worked with five different architectural companies and we were we started out in person and then the pandemic came and they just sat me down and said hey what do you want to do we don't know what's going to go on with this pandemic thing do you want to put it on hold or do you want to pivot online and see and i said hey I think it's the apple, you know, ample time, perfect opportunity for us to pivot online. There's work to do and time to do it. 
if we wait, you know, then we would have been here and a half out right now where things are just opening back up, starting back up. So yeah. I'm so happy that we were able to really create an amazing renderings and uh, plans uh, of our district. And one thing I've noticed is that if you don't have plans, you can't go out there and advocate for resources because if you go out there and ask for resources without a plan, that's the first thing that they're going to ask you is what are your, where are your plans? So we are the city of Milwaukee's 13th charrette, but the first birth one. So we're on the history book. So that's, that's my brag. Well bragged. And what is one thing you're grateful for? Uh, I'm grateful for our community. I have to, I'm grateful for the people that all of the people. So the investors, I'm grateful for the investors. I'm grateful for our business owners, entrepreneurs that's willing to take their dream, their resources and put it out here and give it a chance in our community. I'm appreciative of the families that live over there, that patronize, that help keep us going. I appreciate, you know, our people at the mayor's level that are invested, you know, as far as who actually care about what our public infrastructure look like, who care about what our, you know, dumping, you know, in our neighborhood, the people that, you know, actually care about investing or being able to, you know, make land available to developers and investors. So our community is definitely pretty, pretty dope over here. Beautiful. And last but not least, what is one desire? One desire. You know, my desire is just really to see an equitable distribution of resources in our city. It's still not equitable. Uh, We have a lot of issues with that in our city. And I would like for them to understand that there is no honor, zero. There is no honor in building up one community, you know, at the expense of, you know, of letting another one basically just kind of go down. I guess that's probably the nicest word that I can give it, but it's really no honor in that. I would rather see all of us move forward together a little bit at a time than for for one area to build up and just be affluent, amazing, while another neighborhood can get any resources for that to happen. I'd like to see that. So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine? Is that a question? I'm sorry. I no, I that. said so that's, oh. that's how I always oh. respond. So for our oh. desire, I say, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. I receive that. Thank you. I agree with you. And I hope that same thing for you, Monique. Thank you for giving a platform and a voice to those of us that are out here sometimes doing you know, the thankless, you know, overworked and underpaid work sometimes. It's not about that for me. Ultimately, it's about just think all of us should just be able to enjoy the, the same quality of life and this, you know, have the same amenities at our fingertips. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Angelique, for coming on and sharing what you're doing. And y'all, you can connect with her and see what she's doing with the business improvement district at villardav.com connect with her. If you are doing a similar project, you'd love some consulting work, go to ladyinkventures.com for that. And we'll have the links in the show notes. You can connect with me at reigoddesses.com for get connected to our, find out about our education programs, our investment opportunities, our investor club, and to connect to our amazing community of women investors from all over 
the world. And definitely subscribe to the podcast, like it, and come back next time for another Real Estate Investor Gossip podcast interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.